0: Hello and welcome, I'm Bonnie and I'm Lily and this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Man, you must really love me. (laughs)
1: Like I just, I just wore some really, really crazy outfits. I hate going shopping. (laughs)
0: Maybe because nothing fits. <laughs> All these like women who are like millennials are like, I will continue to wear my skinny jeans. That is really I will funny. not part my hair down the centre. Hello
1: and welcome. This week we're talking about clothes, clothes, clothes. Is your hanging rail overflowing with stuff? Are your wardrobe drawers filled to the brim? Today we're going to chat about why we have so much clothing, why turning off the tap is half the issue... And strategies you can use to declutter your wardrobe.
0: Now, today's episode was actually inspired by a whole host of people who commented on one of our videos, actually on several videos that we have on TikTok, and said, I need to know what to do with my clothing. I have so much clothing. And this question came up again and again and again, and we decided... All right, we have to give you guys some tools and strategies to get on top of your clothes.
1: You know what? It's an issue for a lot of people. And I think sometimes it becomes a bit of a societal norm that we just think, oh, everybody's got too many clothes like nobody's really dealing with it but I can tell you when you do downsize and declutter those clothes oh man getting dressed is way faster.
0: (laughs) Well it's true like if you know that you can walk in there and you know the options that you're working with especially if you have like a minimalist's wardrobe or a capsule wardrobe it is going to be easier to get started.
1: Yeah and I'm really looking forward to talking about the capsule wardrobe. You
0: would you minimalist you. (laughs) I know I really
1: love how things go together very easily and especially if you do have kids or more spouses who have things like um, ASD, so they're on the autism spectrum disorder, it's actually much easier for them to get dressed when they have a capsule-type wardrobe because then you know all the tops match the bottoms and you don't have that issue of them coming out in a bright red and a fluoro-orange kind of ensemble, which my six-year-old has done repeatedly in the last <laughs> few months. I mean, I love red and fluoro-orange. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> they go together so well. <laughs> and like I pointed out to him and I say, look at these two colours. Do you think they go together? And he's like, "Yeah." they're fine
0: (laughs) Uh, okay oh bless him (laughs) so today we're talking all things clothing and one of the first things I wanted to talk about of course is why why yeah. do we have so much clothing? Why do we think it is it is a p- the problem that some people find it to be?
1: Well, not me personally anymore but when I was a teenager I loved to shop and it was funny like whenever – it's like a rite of passage when you're a teenager and you can get out of the house and you can be with your friends, what do you do? Like you either go to the movies or you go shopping. Yeah. and you, Trying on
0: clothes with your girlfriends. Yeah, and yeah. I
1: think that's like a lot of your identity, especially when you are a teenager. But I find now – and it could be just because I'm pregnant with three children – I hate going shopping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe because nothing fits. (laughs) Well, we've also got independence, you know, we can drive our cars and kind of go wherever. And the Mm. thing that was cool about like going to the shopping centre is your parents would drop you, be like, all right, I'll be back here in two hours. And you're like, sweet, let's go to as many shops as we can. Let's let's try on all these clothes. Let's find another way to express ourselves. And when you're a teenager, it's finally your opportunity to really find your own sense of identity, feel good in your own skin. And so shopping is like a really cool way to do that. And clothing, of course, is a really cool way to express yourself. It's when we take that striving for independence and freedom and that – buzz
1: I suppose of being at the shops and buying new things and we still are doing that you know in our older years that that I guess probably ends up giving us too many clothes
0: yeah well I mean I think back to some of the clothing that I had many years ago and that you know like you see it in a photo. And you think, oh, I remember that. Like, I haven't seen that in my wardrobe for years. But then there's also clothing that you may have not worn in years and you come across it and you're like, oh, (laughs) it's 20 years old. I can't believe that's still in one piece. (laughs) And so there's lots of reasons that we end up with so much clothing. And, you know, one of them is like we're talking about your expression of self. You know, it's a part of your identity is like, you know, I'm someone who loves to wear maybe like really like boho style clothing. And so when I go to a shop and I spot something that fits that aesthetic, I'm like, oh, yes, I love buying this and putting it on. I feel like it represents me. Um, But on that note, potentially you're someone who just really loves to shop.
1: Yeah, and look, that that could be the thing for you is you get a buzz out of it. We get a dopamine hit. There is a reason it's called shopping addiction because the dopamine hit we do get when we buy or when we're getting ready to buy, when you look at something and you think, oh yeah, I really like that and I want that and I can afford that. um, You've already got that chemical being released in your brain and it is exactly the same as people who take drugs. So don't think, oh, you know, shopping's not an addiction. It actually is. It's releasing the same chemical.
0: Well, you know, that's why on social media when they pop up the little notifications, Um, Someone's commented, someone's messaged, what have you. Yes. That is actually, you know, it's giving you that dopamine rush as well. One of the reasons, One of the reasons why TikTok's probably so successful, one of the reasons why I'm probably a little bit too obsessed with it at the moment, and it's distracting <laughs> me from my studies, um, especially because for those of you who aren't aware, um, and potentially you're a new listener and um, you are tuning in because of this, um, we actually have just had a video go viral on TikTok and um, have had a new audience find us there, some people who haven't necessarily heard us before. So it's been really, really exciting. And if that's you, welcome. So clothing, yes. There's another thing I wanted to mention, which is just like the simple of our everyday living where we have different things we need to be doing, going to work, going to the gym, ladies who lunch, whatever it might be. So different activities require different types of
1: clothing. Yeah. No longer can we get by with that one dress that you wear six days a week and then a different dress on Sunday for church. Like that kind of – Wardrobe does not exist anymore for most people.
0: No, and I mean, you know, some might try to argue that you know you can wear your yoga pants for gym and potentially for work if you work from home, and then every (gasps) other day is casual wear. We should
1: put a link to that women who jazz is it jazzercise or you know the the one where they're wearing the exercise clothes all day because that's like a real. Have you been spying on me? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I totally do it at the moment because I'm pregnant and like tights (laughs) are just the most comfortable thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. There's this video that went around a couple of years ago where it was all about women who wear their exercise gear all day long. And it is really, really funny. So we definitely have to link to that in the show notes.
0: Oh, it's, it's so true that they do. Another reason you guys might have a lot of clothing, of course, is if you live somewhere with a really varied climate in Brisbane, where we are not so much, it's kind of like summer, nine months of the year (laughs) and then less hot summer. And then (laughs) in other parts of the world, it's like, snow and then the other you know snow then they have autumn or fall and you know then a really hot summer so yeah. you're gonna need like huge big parkas and knitwear and things and yes. beanies that we wouldn't even own because looking at it would make us sweat
1: I know and it's so funny because you you buy these things when you go to say Melbourne or Tasmania and then you bring them home and you think oh like you know there might be a couple of nights in the year where it's cold enough for me to wear maybe this, I'll go
0: camping and wear it this thick woolen coat
1: and then you know you get to the coldest night of the year and you put it on and you're taking it off after 20 minutes because
0: it is still way too hot like
1: it's just really interesting your climate really does depend um, on what you can keep in your wardrobe and what you need to keep.
0: The other reason I think we end up with lots of stuff is because oftentimes in our homes a lot of items come in and we aren't mindful about balancing that with items that then go out Mm. so if you've only got capacity in your wardrobe on the hanging rail for let's say 30 coat hangers most of us aren't thinking, oh, I've just brought in five new items that are going to be hung up. That means I need to adjust things in here. And so we end up with, you know, really rammed together wardrobes um, full of stuff because we're not really thinking about it.
1: And I think uh, we also, at, at that point, we don't stop and realise that, oh, because I've brought in, you know, five new items, I've got to get rid of five new items. Usually when we go shopping, we think, oh, I need a new this, that or the other, and we buy it, but we don't kind of, Stop and take the time to actually assess. Well, I'm actually buying this to replace that because I don't like it anymore, or it doesn't fit, or it, you know, whatever. We just kind of still leave that stuff there, and just kind of gets pushed a bit further back in the wardrobe. And that's where we do end up in a bit of a mess because we have this accumulation, and there's no actual drainage, if you like, of things leaving the home.
0: Yeah, and like this ties into that whole just in case mentality as well, right? Yeah. Because when I find myself looking at clothing and being like, oh, I need a pair of denim shorts because. I might have other pairs of shorts but they're different colors Mm. or oh no I wear them for a more casual occasion Mm. oh those can be dressed up and we like have all these like subcategories and subcategories I might wear that and then of course all the other reasons that come into play that you want to hold on to stuff too, in just in case
1: I find in my particular case sometimes I will buy something new but the old one's not like a rag and I've spent money on it and I don't want to necessarily let go of that so I'll just be like oh that'll be a house dress (laughs) You know, oh, those will be the pants That'll be that will be a I, lawn mowing top. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you end up with like 15 of these painting, lawn mowing <laughs> yeah. Painting shirts
0: and you paint like once every 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: I mean, I, I'm just so terrible at painting, I would never do it again. So it's funny though, because we, we justify that we need something new and we buy it, but then we still keep holding on to the old one because we can't actually justify letting it go
0: because it's a waste. It's really crazy, isn't it? It is, and it results in us having so much stuff. Mm. So one of the things I think it's important we talk about firstly before we get to our break is, of course, how we stop the cycle of things coming in mindlessly. Yeah, so
1: we developed a few years ago at Little Misorganized these awesome questions, and we even print them out on cards and give them to some of our clients who really need it, and they're called the Stop Before You Shop questions, and that basically is a, a couple of questions that when you're out shopping, our clients will take this card out and they will actually read through those questions. And so if, if you're someone who's got shopping addiction, this is really helpful for you as well, just to have these questions in your wallet. And the first one of this is what problem does this solve? So say you've gone out and you've decided, I need a new pair of shoes. What problem is it actually solving? Is it your old pair of shoes has worn out and you need to replace them? Is it that you've started a new job and you need a particular pair of shoes that are just for work, you know, whether it's steel capped boots or office shoes or whatever it might be? What problem does this actually
0: solve? Second thing to ask is, do I already have something like it? So are you bringing something in that is like an abundance clutter?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we're all guilty of doing this at times. Oh, look
0: at this white top. Yeah. No, but it's not as strappy as the other white top that I have. And it yeah. kind of like fits me here a bit differently. Yes. And yeah. um, before you know it, you know, with five white tops that are pretty similar.
1: Yeah. And, and I think of a client in particular that we've had over the last couple of years who had 57 pairs of jeans and all were staying, but they were all slightly different. And yeah, in jeans, you can go from being, you know, white to light denim to all different the way down to, you know, blue and black denim, and yeah, your different cuts and and different embellishments and things like that. But yeah, you have to stop and think, okay, when when is enough enough? And and we'll talk about that today. How to do that mathematical equation, I suppose, of working out how many we actually need.
0: You just touched on a really interesting but a relevant point. Do you know that like the young youth of today think skinny jeans are really dated? Really, and it's all about mum jeans. are You're kidding me. And it's funny because like obviously wear mums and we're still wearing skinny jeans and now all like the youth are wearing mum jeans
1: so are they the ones that look like they're the jeans from the 90s like yeah like with like really quite, high-waisted and yeah like weird and they length. flare out and they're yeah just they're kind not of like very flattering they're not very flattering on your bottom unless you have no bottom it's
0: it's a look yeah 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 so all the, all these like women who are like millennials are like i protest this i will continue to wear my skinny jeans that is really i will funny. not part my hair down the center Youth man telling us we're out of fashion. Who do they think they are? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm sure we did it. <laughs> I know. That's the funny part is we uh, did it. Yeah. We did it and it wasn't that long ago. Um, the next question to ask yourself in Stop Before You Shop is, am I buying something I actually genuinely need?
1: Yeah, and quite often the answer is no. No, no you're not. Um, you're, you're just buying because it's on sale and you think it's a bargain. But the reality is if you didn't actually need it, you're not saving any money by buying something on sale. You're, you're just spending more money.
0: Yeah. Next question, is it good quality? And this is a Mm. thing where, again, sales, we get drawn in, sucked in by them, often end up buying more of the cheaper things that get worn out quicker rather Mm. than spending a bit more on a good quality item. We don't ask this question enough, I think, and it is, if I buy this item, where's it going to live?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we have had clients who, you know, have a bit of a shopping addiction and they literally buy things and then they go on a shelf in the garage, still in the gift bag, still with the receipt in there and they just never actually make it into the house to be used. Mm. Like that's kind of not really the point of going it out to buy the these purpose. things. Yeah. Like yeah. there's
0: an intention of buying it, so you know, if you're buying these clothes, you want it to be because you're going to wear them. Mm. And of course, the other question you can ask yourself if you're someone who struggles with the shopping side of things is can I wait a week and see if I still need it? I love this
1: question the most because I practice it on myself quite regularly because – when I do go to the shops, I probably go about once a month and it's usually like I'll go to Audi, which is a big, um, you know, supermarket and they, they do groceries but they do other like department store stuff randomly in the middle aisle and I'll always check it out and see what's there and there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, that's really handy or they do a lot of organising products and I think, ooh, mm. that's really cool. But then I will actually stop and say, okay, can I wait a week and see if I still need it? And quite often I go home and like three days later I think, what was that item that I saw that I thought, oh, yeah, I Oh, I, I absolutely want need it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. But it's probably the best question you can ask yourself to stop that, that shopping. So turn the tap off and, and stop accumulating too much.
0: All right. After the break, we're going to talk about how to tackle these clothing piles. You got mail. Okie dokie. Time for a listener question. And this one comes to us from... Emily in Devon North, Victoria. Okay, Emily's question is, what is the best way to store gift wrapping items, saved bags, paper, boxes, etc.? Mm. Straight to you for this one, Bon. Yes, gift wrapping can be really tricky.
1: So we encourage people to create a gift wrapping station. So this can look different depending on who you are and what your space options are. For me at home, I've actually just got a big, long underbed roller box. It is actually a, an official gift wrapping box because it's got these two little knobs that stick out of the side of the box and I can actually stick a roll of wrapping paper on them. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah. And and snip it off. So Is that, that what you do? Yep. Yep. That's that's exactly the noise it makes. And I store everything in there. So I've just got stuff kind of loose in there but in piles. So all of my paper craft books are together because I use those for cards and things like that. And then uh, all the rolls of paper, you know, pile of cellophane. I've got spare ribbons and stuff and I just keep them in a large organza bag. But then everything's together and there's also a pair of scissors and sticky tape and a pen in there so that I can do everything all at once. It's all there, really easy to access. But another way that you can store things like your rolled up wrapping paper is you can get these plastic bag holders. You know when you have your plastic bags under your sink and you can get these holders, they're kind of like a half moon shape and they get attached to the door and then they've got all these little holes in them so you can pull the plastic bags through them. You you might have had one when you were younger or your parents might have had one that was like a calico bag. I think our mum used to have a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and, and the, the plastic bags are up in there and you just pulled one out. out. The chicken's bottom. Yep. That's exactly what? right. So, <laughs> so you can get these plastic half moon things that store your plastic bags in and they're really great for wrapping paper because the wrapping paper can stand upright in it and you can just pick out the roll you want to use and then put it back. But obviously you've got to affix it to a cupboard and so it's good if you do it on the inside of a, a tall cupboard that's actually got the depth to be able to close the door and the wrapping paper to sit flush against the door. And then you could do some smaller lightweight baskets that divide up one for your gift bags, one for your cellophane and one for, you know, your ribbons and your other kind of smaller gift wrapping type accessories.
0: And there you go. Hopefully that helps Emily. And if you have a listener question and you want to send one in, head to our Facebook page, Little Home Organised and send it in as a text. So if clothing is an issue for you
1: and you're thinking, yep, this is great, I know why I buy things, I know what questions I can ask myself to stop buying things, but how do I get rid of the excess clothes in my wardrobe right now? Well, this is the section for you. So when it comes to tackling your clothes and doing your decluttering, there's got to be some non-negotiables. Now, non-negotiables for me are things that are damaged kind of beyond repair and they can't be worn anymore so sometimes this might be holes sometimes it might be mold sometimes it might be stains you know whatever it is for you that makes you think oh no I can't wear that anymore that then becomes a non-negotiable and I, I think one of the things that people tend to forget about is that when you do have items of clothing that you can't wear anymore they still have a purpose either to be a textile that's recycled or to be used as a rag so uh, a few weeks ago we gave a bag of actually several bags of rags you know old clothes old linen to a, a local mechanic and he was like oh Awesome, thank you so much. So if you've got old clothes that you can no longer use or wear, go and give them to your local mechanic or sometimes the animal shelters will take them. I mean, there's always a way for us to then pass this item on to someone else either to be reused or to be recycled. And and the end of the life cycle, I suppose, is the landfill because everything does have uh, an expiry date in terms of recycling. And that's why it's important to turn the tap off in the first instance, only buy what we actually need.
0: The other way to look at that, I think as well is like, if something's sitting in your wardrobe and has a hole and you're not actually wearing it because it needs to be repaired or I want to figure out how to fix that stain it's just it's what we call like the whole like decision pending it's Mm. just kind of sitting there and if you haven't made something an intentional plan to do something with it it's not being addressed
1: that's right and it
0: is perpetuating the cycle so if you do have something that has a hole and it can be fixed great fix it but you need to put a plan in place to make that fit
1: yeah so have a go box for things that need to be fixed you know create a bag put a a sticky note on the top and and give yourself a deadline okay I need to get these items repaired within two to four weeks or they're actually going to go somewhere else because the reality is it's not that important to actually get them fixed.
0: Right. So talking about how to determine how much clothing we need, Bon, first things first, I would think we should be putting things into categories, right?
1: Absolutely. And this this is the biggest thing that people forget is that if you ever get stuck, the most important thing you can do is actually sort things into your categories. So when we talked about, um, I was moving house last year and my husband got really stuck in the garage, that was all because he needed to actually sort things into categories, okay? And once you actually go and you sort things into categories, it makes it a whole lot easier. Cause you can see, oh, these are all my work clothes. These are all my gym clothes. These are my house clothes. And these are my casual or ladies who lunch clothes. And you might have like a formal clothes section or something like that. But once you've sorted it out into your categories, you can actually look at, say, your work clothes and go, wow, I've got 40 items of work clothing and I only work three days a week do I really need 40 items for only three days a week? And so you can do that whole mathematical equation of, I only want to keep two weeks worth of clothes for work to be able to interchange them and and whatnot. So you might say, okay, well that gives me, you know, three outfits each week. So that's six outfits altogether. Some of them might be dresses. If, if you wear dresses, um, some of them might be tops and bottoms and work out, okay, that could be a total of like 12 work items. And then instead of trying to go through and go you know this one can go this one can go start from your favorites and say okay well I know that my magic number is 12 for my work clothes so I'm going to pick my 12 favorite items that do mix and match and can give me you know lots of options and on that note I wanted to just remind people that if if clothing is an issue for you, go back to uh, our previous episodes and look for the Courtney Carver one on the the pro- minimalist
0: wardrobe. With the Courtney minimalist Carver. wardrobe,
1: yes, because we talk a lot about having a minimalist wardrobe there as well. And her situation where she was in a corporate environment and she basically cut down to you know thirty three items and wore them for three months and nobody noticed. And that's I think one of my biggest fears is that going to a capsule wardrobe or a minimalist wardrobe that people are going to notice that I'm wearing the same things over and over and say something whereas that hasn't happened
0: no it really it is this fear that we have like held up in our head and it doesn't necessarily reflect reality (laughs) so
1: we're also worried about ourselves but we think that everybody else is actually worrying about us too but everybody else is just worrying about About themselves themselves. exactly yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) so Hopefully that equation helps you figure out how to tackle all the clothing. So we've kind of addressed stopping at the excess coming in. We've looked at some of the ways you can navigate having excess and how to determine what to keep. Some other questions you can actually ask yourself though, if you are trying to determine you're holding that top up in front of you, what am I going to do with this top? So one question to ask yourself, when did I last wear this? Mm. Uh, Like if I'm to think of my wardrobe right now and some tights that I'm struggling to let go of when I think of when I last wore them it was a few years because I'm so determined <laughs> to not get rid of them yeah and so I know it was a few years ago so next question is it a duplicate of something I already own I have like over 10 pairs of these tights so yes but, but they're, they're all different they're all different, they're all different, different patterns yeah so and they
1: are an expression of you
0: they are an expression of mm. me as well you know art on my body um <laughs> <laughs> does it fit properly These tights do not fit me. (laughs) They do not fit me. Full disclaimer. Full disclosure here. And the thing that's so frustrating about these tights is when I bought them, they were tight at the time, like I bought the wrong size, that they were quite snug. And so it's kind of been an impossible mission to fit back into them. Um, Watch this space (laughs) though. Oh, you're really just like bringing yourself
1: down with that
0: one, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) And then um, with this example, the final question to ask yourself is do you love it? Mm. And with these tights, I do. Because what's important about this question is if you don't love it, you're probably not going to wear it. If you're putting on that top, putting on those pants, doesn't make you feel good, why are we convincing ourselves that we're going to reach for that next time? Mm. Or that if it doesn't feel good on my body right now, why am I so convinced that, oh, if I wear it with these shoes or if I try it again, you know, when I'm one or two kilos different, it's going to make me feel so much different?
1: It's that whole definition of insanity, doing the same thing repeatedly but expecting a different result. And, you know, with the tights in particular that you refer to, because I also went through this tights phase many moons ago, as soon as I got pregnant with my first child, these tights were out the window because I knew that there was no way um, I was going to, yeah, fit back into them. But also another reason that I got rid of them is that I realised I don't really have the body shape for tights. I have a real pear shape and so drawing attention to my legs and something that finishes quite tight on the ankle was actually not very flattering for me at all and that was something I really had to come to grips with because I too... There was a mourning period, everybody. There was a mourning period because I (laughs) (laughs) really felt like these were an expression of myself and my personality and, you know, when I think back to my teenage years and especially all of the music festivals and stuff that we used to go to and I think of when my husband and I first started dating and we went to the Black Stump Music Festival in Sydney with a friend and I look back on some of the things that I wore and I think, Man, you must really love me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just – I just wore some really, really crazy, outfits.
0: really crazy outfits. You know what I think, Bonnie? I think you should wear those tights one day again. But I don't have them anymore. (laughs) I got rid of them. Consider this permission to go on a spending spree. Maybe
1: I'll just borrow some of yours since you have so many. (laughs) I do have so many.
0: (laughs) The other thing I wanted to quickly comment on about the whole do you love it question is if when you're at the store trying an item on, if your immediate response isn't, I love this, that Mm. is another warning sign. If you're kind of like, oh yeah, it could work. Yeah. or oh, I don't really know, but I, like, I know I need this kind of top. You, you're, it's going to be a short lived item. You're not going to feel amazing in it. When you're at the shops, you should love it from the time you go to buy it all the way through to your wardrobe.
1: Yeah. And the other thing to think about when you are shopping as well, that we didn't mention is how easy is it going to be to care for this item? So if you're a time poor mum and you hate ironing, don't buy linen.
0: Oh, I don't for that exact reason.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm exactly the same. And it just, I just I can't be bothered. I don't have time to do it don't and I do that to my plate. And I don't want to do it, so I just stick to buying fabrics that I don't need to do extra delicate garment care on and dry cleaning and all that kind of stuff. So just be kind to your future self. Pick stuff that's easy to take care
0: of. Yeah, if your wash routine is suddenly going to be really different for this one item of clothing, that's something to think about as well. Yeah. Okay, so we love talking about the hanger trick because it works. So let's say you're still thinking, oh, I just don't know what I actually do wear. I don't think I have too much excess, but I don't, you know, like I, th- I feel like I could keep everything in my wardrobe. Something you can definitely try is the hanger trick. We talked about this in one of our first episodes, which was wardrobe work but we're going to talk about it again because it really is a great strategy. Mm.
1: Yeah, so if you're getting stuck and you need some physical help because the amount of times we will go to a client and say, oh, You know, when was the last time you wear this? Oh, I wear it all the time. Oh, I wear that all the time. Oh, I wear that all the time. Okay, well, let's actually do the hanger trick and see if you do actually wear it all the time. So what you do is you take all your items that are on hangers and you turn the hangers around backwards so that they have to get hung from the back onto the hanger. When you wear that particular item, you then turn the hanger around to the correct way and rehang the item. Then after a period of three months or six months or whatever at the end of the season, you can actually look back on your items across your wardrobe and see, oh, I actually didn't wear those items. I thought that I did, but I actually didn't. So it's a really visual way for you to take that emotion out of the decision-making. The proof is in the pudding.
0: There's literally no denying it at that point. It is. It is so cool. It's so simple. I'm visual. I love it give it a go. Mm. Highly recommend it.
1: Yep. Because then you can at least make the decision of, okay, I actually didn't wear it, even though I thought that I had. Now let's take a real hard look at myself and why I'm actually hanging on to this item. Cause I didn't wear it. And so there's a reason for that, but why am I still wanting it here?
0: Yeah. Be intentional with, mm. with all things. Mm. So before we wrap up today, of course we have to talk about the capsule wardrobe. If you haven't heard of it, we'll talk about what it is and why this could be beneficial in your home. So, with your capsule
1: wardrobe, this is sometimes referred to as a French capsule wardrobe as well when you walk around Paris in particular and and even France in general I just tend to find that the women there are so beautifully dressed and everything goes so nicely together and I think one of the reasons that that's the case is that they're often using this capsule wardrobe and the idea with this is that you have say a shirt and I'm wearing like a, a white tank top today and you might get that tank top but in three different colors that are quite neutral and and then you might get similar neutral colours that are in a T-shirt and then similar in a long sleeve. So you might go three tank tops, three T-shirts, three long sleeve. And then shorts-wise, you might go, okay, three shorts that match any of those tops. And then you might go three pairs of jeans that match any of those tops or skirts or whatever. Um, and same thing with your dresses and your cardigans. So everything matches. And can you, kind of be worked yeah. with each piece. And it's almost like there's unlimited... Combinations. And when you get to things like your shoes and your accessories, you know, your handbags, your belts, your um, scarves, and your, your sunglasses, everything kind of matches. So when you go on holidays, you could be going for a three week trip but you only need to take like maybe 15 items because they all actually mix and match. And it means that your packing is so much lighter and you don't have to do that whole, well, this is day one outfit. This is day two outfit. This is day three because they don't, nothing actually goes with each other. And I've got to make sure that I've matched that stuff up before I go. It just makes it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. And I think if you're someone who doesn't use clothing as a form of like really unique artistic expression where you want to have these extravagantly lavish and different outfits every day. You still want to like look good and feel really good in your skin, then a capsule wardrobe could be something great because it's like if you're busy and it's really you want something really simple. It's like cool, I know that all of these are going to work and that I can get up, get dressed really quickly. No, I'm going to feel good, look good and get out the door.
1: Yeah. And on that note, in terms of, you know, having something that maybe is a bit oomphy, there's a bit of a formula that you can apply when you're actually dressing yourself. And that can be a light color, a dark color, a print and then a color. And if you kind of stick to putting one of those four elements into your outfit, that actually makes your outfit pop quite a lot and something that's probably become a bit more of a no-no these days although when I did deportment school when I was in,
0: oh my goodness when I can was you imagine in, trying to do deportment nowadays
1: oh yes it was definitely very uh interesting in high school it was all about and even in primary school it was always about your shoes your belt your handbag much must match but these days the the general rule of thumb is matchy matchy is out so when you have shoes and earrings that are the exact same colour and you look at someone's outfit, your eyes actually will bounce from their shoes to their earrings and back and forth. Whereas when everything's a slightly different colour, so say you've got a white top, grey pants, a pop of colour on your earrings and then maybe some like animal print loafers or shoes or whatever, everything kind of blends in together and you can take in the whole outfit as one. Whereas when you have two colours that match perfectly yeah your eyes do this bouncy bouncy thing so it's just really its almost
0: like cartoon versus real life nature (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah it's just really interesting but
1: that's where the capsule wardrobe is so beneficial and you can use that pop of color with a great necklace or a great scarf or a great pair of shoes to help bring out you know what might otherwise be more of a plain or neutral type outfit awesome so bonnie what should our tidy task be for this week So this week's Tidy Task is to do an assessment of your wardrobe. Go and start dividing into your categories. Work out which categories are overflowing. If you are going to the gym twice a week but you've got 21 days worth of gym clothes, stop and take an assessment. Do I actually need 21 days when I only go twice a week? And start to do that cull. Implement the hanger trick if you are getting stuck on items and make sure that if you do want to do a capsule wardrobe, you really stop and assess each of those different types of outfit you know the different types of your shirts and your tops and your different bottoms
0: right well that's it for this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in and choosing to have us in your ears and if this is your first time listening to the podcast welcome and remember progress not perfection see you later bye